it entailed the grieving process because my husband stepped away from pastoring. He didn't do anything wrong. There was no more failure. He didn't have to do it. He didn't have to make that choice, but he chose his family. And there were just some things that, you know, on how on your computer, after you've tried all the tricks to get it unfrozen, at some point you just gotta hit control, alt, delete, and let it all shut down and then all come back together again. That's what we needed to do for our family. You're listening to the Send Columbus podcast, a conversation for developing strategies and sharing stories as we plant churches everywhere for everyone. Your hosts are Sin City missionary Chad Grigsby and church planting catalyst Jason Phillips. Welcome back to the Sin Columbus podcast. My name is Jason Phillips, your Columbus CPC. I'm joined by Chad Grigsby. Chad, how are you? Doing very well, Jason. How are you today? I'm doing just swell. Yeah, we just got back from an awesome lunch talking about birds. (laughs) It was really great. I like to bird watch. Yeah, it's a hobby. Yeah, and the pastor we met with also is much more intense, actually, than even very, you very are. serious bird watcher. Yeah, he was saying that he sees like two, what, two hundred birds in a year, different ones, mm-hmm. just in different Ohio. species in Ohio. It's crazy. I know that's very impressive. Yeah, and you're like, I was really happy with my fifty. In a year yeah, my fifty. Yeah, my fifty that I've had in a year and a half. I thought I was really doing something. Uh, our our guest actually ha- lived with birds growing up. She told us that she did. That's right. So glad to have our good friend and what is her title, Jason? Midwest and Ohio Valley Assessment Regional Trainer. Woo! Oh, look at you, Jason! Boom! You got it right on the first time. But really, she's our assessment regional trainer. That's right. In the Ohio she's Valley. Right. In the Ohio so Valley. That was which the all, easier way to say it. Yeah, but. which is all that really matters. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Jackie Taylor. Welcome. We're excited to have you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here with you guys today. And you've been to Columbus. I think our last in-person assessment retreat, you were here. Assessing. I was. So yeah, that's where I met you. And then you did, yes. our, I think our last virtual one even. I did. So, yeah, yeah. So really appreciate what you've done for our city and now what you're going to be doing for our region. And yeah, I'm a little sad that I missed you when you're in Columbus mm-hmm. last time. That's okay. I'll be back. It's sure. okay. Don't will worry. you be here in September then? I will. Don't you worry, Jason. I'll be there. Awesome. <laughs> cool. Well, why don't you start off by just telling us a little bit about who you are and your background and your role at NAM as an assessment regional trainer. Okay. You got it right again. I just let, just let me say that. Um, so like the guy said, my name is Jackie Taylor and um, I live in Clarkston, Georgia, just about 15 minutes outside of Atlanta. Um, I am a wife of 17 years. Um, my husband was a church planter for just a little bit under a decade in Virginia. So near Virginia beach area, uh, in Portsmouth, Virginia. Um, I'm a mom. I have four kids that are all teenagers. They're 16, 15, 14, and 13. Mercy. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Lord, that's Lord, we just want to take a minute and pray. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Extend your hand. Yeah. Um, and I just really love getting to do what I'm doing now. So I've been working for NAM for about three and a half, going on four years, and I've done a couple of different things. Uh, I started out working on what was then the Boulevard team and working with planting couples, uh, specifically planting spouses in an urban context. I went from there to working on the spouse development team with the illustrious Kathy Litton, Um, and I worked with my teammates, Amy Corbin and Rivers Parton, um, 
staggered throughout my time with spouse development. And then a funny thing happened. Um, COVID. COVID's not fun. Okay, that, that's not right. fun. Right. But in the COVID season, it drove the assessment team to a virtual context. And in that virtual context, um, it kind of became from a SIN network standpoint, like who can help out, who can help out. And so I started leaning into the spouse assessor role with the, um, on different assessments, not really in one particular area. I've done them in all of the regions because virtually you can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I discovered that I got a lot of joy just in being a part of the assessment process. And um, so when a position became available, I was like, hmm, maybe maybe I'll make a change. So that brings me to doing what I'm doing now um, as the assessment regional trainer. So I'm super excited to get to um, be the regional trainer for the Ohio Valley and Midwest region. And I'm also excited that um, fingers crossed and knock on wood and pray to Jesus and all the things, we will be back in person um, for the fall. So I'm excited to be a part of that as well. Yeah, Jack and I have been able to be on the same assessor treat team couple of times now and yep. I've really enjoyed working with her she does an awesome awesome job so mm-hmm. I feel like this is a really good fit and I'm yeah. excited for you yeah thanks yeah so when we uh we knew we wanted to have you on but we didn't know exactly what we wanted to talk about so I reached out to you and we kind of tossed around a couple of different ideas and one of the ideas you came up is kind of talking through uh planting uh couples and families and walking through kind of difficult decisions, um, kind of as a family in the midst of planting and pastoring and all those things. So can you tell us a little bit about why you maybe wanted to talk about that and maybe why that's something you're passionate about? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, planting is a journey. It's a journey for everyone, no matter where you come from. But with my background and my husband's background, we did, we were not two people who had examples, who had, um, good examples of what marriage should look like, what ministry should look like, what work-life balance should look like. And so what I recognize and recognize honestly even more being a part of the assessment process is that there are so many people who have the desire to live on mission and have, um, as I say, oftentimes I put their yes on the table with the Lord but then they fast forward through some of the practical steps that are needed and unfortunately become statistics, become statistics in their marriage, whether that looks like a separation or a divorce or a marriage that is just not full of the life that God had intended for them, mm-hmm. or they, their children grow up and completely hate them. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband and I have just had a journey where we've had to make some hard decisions in order not um, for that to be the outcome. And I'm the type of woman that when I walk through something, I then become very passionate about making sure that, you know, specifically for me, making sure that other women or other couples are being able to avoid the pitfalls that maybe we weren't able to. Yes, that's fantastic. Cause I mean, marriage is hard. Uh Family dynamics are hard. Yes. You throw in church planting to that mix and it's like, okay, this is a recipe for, uh, for, for, for difficulty if we don't prepare right and have the right mindset. So now you talked about your background. Could you elaborate a little bit on why your background with you and your husband was a little, made it a little bit tougher for you guys. You said you didn't have a lot of examples, but just a little bit about 
what made that specifically challenging for you guys? Is that too Absolutely. personal, Jackie? I don't know. No, no. Um, so my husband, um, who's a great guy, but just comes from a family of brokenness um, that ended up leading him to being adopted by his grandmother. Um, and so his grandmother was an amazing woman. She went to be with the Lord uh, just last year. Um, but she adopted him at 60 something years old, you know, which that in and of itself is like, what? Um, but there was a lot of brokenness in his life up until the age of 13 that um, did not lead for positive examples, cer certainly outside of her, no Christian examples, but no positive examples, no male role models, things of that nature. And so you bring that into a marriage and you really don't have any idea what you're supposed to do but you think maybe, you know, you've picked up some things along the way. Um, and for myself, I also did not grow up in a Christian home. Um, my mom passed away when I was 13 years old. And so, and it was unexpected. Like she was sick one day and she was gone the next morning wow. um, at 42 years old. So there was a lot of stunned, brokenness, shocked, what am I going to do now kind of thing. Um and then I moved into my father's home, but my parents um, were divorced. So I'd, I'd always known my dad, but I did not like him. We did not have a good relationship. So I was just kind of, I had to go and live with him eventually. And, um, you know, God always makes something out of nothing. And the greatest thing about going to live with my father was that my father um, had gotten saved. Oh, wow. I'd love to tell you that that changed the dynamic of our relationship and I became a daddy's girl. That is not what happened, but I did start going to church and I ended up being part of an amazing youth group that really changed the trajectory of my entire life. Wow. So, but that still didn't mean I knew how to be a wife when I got married. It's, you know, so yeah. Yeah. And goodness. I don't know that any of us are prepared for marriage uh, when yeah. we come into it, right? I mean, goodness, we we have to learn those things. But thanks for sharing that part of your story because I know yeah. there's just I know there's church planters that come from all sorts of backgrounds, yeah, and how that informs uh, kind of your story and their story. I think it's, it's it could be really helpful. Yeah, and remind me, your husband was a church planter, or is he a church planter? Absolutely. So my husband was a church planter for um, just under a decade in Portsmouth, Virginia. So Portsmouth is the more urban area in the Hampton Roads area, like Virginia Beach. It's about seven cities that sit, they just kind of bump up against each other. Um, and Portsmouth is the more urban area there. Um, if any of the listeners are familiar with the Navy, Norfolk is a big Navy town. Like we got all the shipyards and that's as a matter of fact, what brought my husband to Virginia. He's from New York, but he got to Virginia by way of the Navy. Um, so yeah, he was a planter for 10 years, just under 10 years. Gotcha. Cool. So as um, we kind of talk about these difficult decisions and things like that, how have you and your husband or what advice would you give to somebody, uh, to a family in the midst of, uh, you know, crazy life circumstances and things that are going on and also in the midst of God's call to plant? Yeah. So I am a firm believer that when the Lord calls you to something, you are called to that something, right? Whatever that is. Um, I think in the Bible, we see that illustrated so well in the life of Joseph. You know, he was a kid, honestly, uh, a semi-arrogant kind of know-it-all kid, you know. We don't talk about Ooh. him like that, but you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I mean, he really, you know, that that's really what started getting him in trouble. He was ta- he was too little to be talking all that smack to his brothers. Yeah. That's Jackie's version of the Bible. That's so good. Um, he got messed around, got got the wrong one upset, got himself thrown into a fit. Now here we go. Um, and we and we know that God works all things together for the good, but he was called, right? And so where where he ended up is where he was always called to be. But there was a lot of process in between there. And I can only imagine how many times in his life was he like, God, did you really call me? Is, is this thing that's kind of inside of me, this leadership, this ability to delegate and plan and vision cast, which is what we would call it now. Is it ever going to be used while I'm in this pit, while I'm in this prison, when people are lying on me, when homegirl is over here saying I did stuff I didn't do? God, how is this ever going to come together? Um, and so... One of the things that my husband and I have seen through years, uh, thank God for great people who came in and began to walk with us in our marriage. Mm. Um, and thank God for people who were wise enough to say, hey, you probably need to just take a minute and focus on your family. You know, our transition to Georgia a few years ago, that's what it was about. And it entailed the grieving process because my husband stepped away from pastoring. He didn't do anything wrong. There was no more failure. He didn't have to do it. He didn't have to make that choice, but he chose his family. And there were just some things that, you know, on how on your computer, after you've tried all the tricks to get it unfrozen, at some point, you just got to hit control, alt, delete, and let it all shut down and then all come back together again. That's what we needed to do for our family. Um, and it was a hard decision, but the best decision we could have ever made. And so my advice would be, don't be afraid to make the hard decisions, right? Making a hard decision that looks crazy to other people does not negate God's call on your life. It doesn't. Your route may just be different than someone else's. And we don't know what's going to happen. You know, I can talk about this with my with my daughter's permission in the midst of working at NAM and my husband passed when my oldest daughter began to have a mental health crisis um, that was the likes of something like a lifetime movie like I hadn't was I had no context no reference point um, and I asked the Lord Lord am I supposed to quit my job because prior to I was a stay-at-home mom for 12 years so you know I was like God am I supposed to quit my job do I need to go and he's like no this is her journey. This is not your journey. I've got her. You do what I'm asking you to do. So even in that, that was a different decision, right? The, the Lord said something completely different there where the mom and me wanted to just stop everything and just be there. The Lord was like, no, no, no. This is part of her journey. I, I'm bringing her to me, her, her journey way. You keep doing what I've asked you to do. So it's the being sensitive to what the Lord is asking you to do from situation to situation, because there's not a one-stop shopping answer for all of it. When it came to taking some time out of ministry, the Lord was like, yep, shut it all down. And so that's that's what we did. Um, not without some tears, some anger, you know, you gotta be honest about it, some frustrations. Um, so being sensitive to what the Lord asks you to do from season to season, and also understanding that your family going through a hard time, your marriage going through a rough time, your kid, going through a rough time does not negate God's call on your life. It's just part of, if you will surrender it, 
And if you'll not try to hide and act like everything's okay, and if you'll seek out the necessary help, then I really believe it can be part of the refining process. And ultimately, God can get the glory out of it. Yeah, I really like that. And I feel like what I hear you saying is like obedience is a huge part in that. So how do you position yourself? And this is maybe a a really big question, but how do you position yourself to really be able to hear and discern from God in the midst of a a difficult situation like that? Yeah, I, you know, I just heard uh, Dr. Crawford Loritz over the weekend and he said something um, who, you know, he's a powerhouse, powerhouse. And he said, you know, as a leader, and I would even venture to say just as a person, as a Christian, when you get to the point that you understand that your time in the word and your time seeking the Lord's face is your literal lifeline, it's not optional, it's not to check off a box, it's not to prepare for a message or for a women's event, it is your lifeline, then I believe the matter of, you know how sometimes you hear people say, um, don't get ready, stay ready. It's kind of like that from a spiritual standpoint. Don't get ready to hear. Don't, don't try to position yourself to hear God. Stay in a position. And biblically, I always think of Daniel. Daniel was actually, um, that was the first book of the Bible that I read all the way through and got to the end and was like, this did not end the way I wanted it to end. <laughs> Honestly, I was quite upset. But one of the things that has always stuck out to me, and that's when I was a teenager, but um, I'm notorious, guys, for knowing what the Bible says, and I know exactly where it is, so I apologize. Yeah. I can't get the verse. You're in, good, you're in good company. I love the Bible stories. I can tell you the whole story. Um, but when uh, the edict came that you're not going to worship anybody else, no other gods, when that edict came from Nebuchadnezzar, it says Daniel went and prayed as was his custom. This wasn't new because, oh God, there's this thing, which is what we do as believers, if we're honest, a lot of times, oh God, save my marriage. Oh God, save my kid. Oh God, okay. When we haven't been praying, we haven't been reading our word, we haven't been living a devoted life, um, we're, we're situational. But it says Daniel went and prayed as was his custom. It was another day. It was a different circumstance going on in the land, but he was doing what he always did. And I think when you look at that in the life of, in his life, and then follow that up with, what does the word tell us? Pray without ceasing. To just be in a constant position of, Holy Spirit, lead me today and give me wisdom. I said at my, comp- at my keyboard this morning, I didn't have anything monumental taking place today, but God, give me wisdom. Help me to know how to talk to these kids today. They're at the end of the school year. They're slacking off. It's frustrating me. Help me to speak life and be able to let up off the gas in the areas where I can. Just give me wisdom. I think when we stay in that position, um, then when the big things come, it's not a repositioning. It's just more of a honing in. Lord, in this area, I need to know what you want us to do in this season. And God's faithful and God still speaks. He, he gets, the Holy Spirit will lead you in the way that you should go if you're listening. That's good. So Jackie, you've been a planter's wife. You've Mm -hmm. been through the church planting process. You've supported your husband in his work. You've worked alongside him. You've done work yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now you're working with church planters. Speak to both husbands and wives. First of all, the husbands, because we're more dense and (laughs) we need more instruction. What do you think husbands, tell, tell them, what is the number one need of their spouse in church planting? 
and then talk to the ladies and tell them what is the one thing that their husband needs uh, in church planning. Could you do that? Would you? No, that's, that's actually easy. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, it actually is. Um, listen, and let me tell you why it's easy because I epically failed and like, so I'm like, Oh, I know exactly what to do. Um, fellas, your wife needs you to look her in the eyes after you vision cast and done all the, and this is going to happen. And then we're going to do this. And we're having this core team meeting and I, these people need to come to the house. And just, after you've done all of that, she needs you to look her in the eyes and tell her, but nothing is ever going to be more important than you and I. And if you ever need me to stop what I'm doing to address something, you say the word and it's done. And not only does she need you to say that, but she needs you to mean it. Um, You know, again, I spent years as a stay-at-home mom and a lot of um, church planting spouses are in that season when when planting begins. Mm. Um, Husbands, it is imperative that when you can, and I recognize in a way now that I did not then, that it's not always possible, but when you can, scoop up one of those kids and take them with you. You know, if you're, you're having a meeting and you're going to a lunch spot, take them, get them a plate of fries, get them a little, to- just let, let, just like we tell wives all of the time, um, or I know I do, practice intersection, not addition. Like bring these young girls into your life and let them see you parenting your kids. And, and it sounds so euphoric when you say it to women. But it sounds so odd when you say it to a man, Mm. but you're a dad. Mm. And if you are a dad, for those of you who are dads, your parenting switch doesn't need to turn off when your planting switch turns on. Mm. So I think that that is a very important and meaningful way that you can love on your wife. Provide her with those opportunities to breathe, to take a break, to do the things that she's passionate about whether that's going on a hike, drawing a picture, going to get her nail, whatever it is, be the catalyst of those things. Don't wait for her to muster up the, oh man, maybe he's in a meeting. Maybe he's with babe. Do you think maybe I can? No. Hey, hon, listen, I have this Friday meeting. I'm taking little Renee and Josh with me. You go with the girls for the afternoon. I think that is powerful and it fills a love tank like nobody's business. Um, and I think and wives, measure your words. Measure your words. Sometimes um, our husbands are throwing so much at us at one time. And normally, and of course there are women who don't fall into any of these generalities, but we fall into one of two camps. We fall into the, okay, 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 what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? What can I do camp? And then there's this sense of, well, I'm not really a part because I have to be with the kids or because I'm doing my career or because of, you know, those things. And then there's the other camp, which I was a member of. Okay, this is what you're doing. So what do we need to do? Okay, no, 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 no. I don't think that's a good idea. I really think you should do. Well, well what, but why would you ask him? Well, how? And that is deflating in a way, again, that I did not understand. <laughs> um, and so I would say to wives, measure your words. Just think for a minute. There's nothing wrong with saying, babe, you know what? Wow, this is an awesome call. Let me, let me just pray about everything that you said to me and let's talk and then schedule it. 
let's talk on Friday afternoon. Let's just take some time. Let's talk, you know, everybody's life is different when the kids go to bed, when the kids take a nap. If you have a date day during the week, let's just, let's spend that time just talking about it. Um, because oftentimes our first reaction is not the right reaction. Um, because we can hear no time for you, no time for the kids. This church is going to be more. And what we've seen happen in other people's lives also always feeds into the narrative of how we, um, how we feel about that. And the second thing I would say for wives is be honest. Don't make yourself a sacrifice. Don't sacrifice yourself on the altar of ministry, on the altar of your husband's goals, desires, and dreams. If you need something, step up and be woman enough to say, hey, this is what I need in this season. And maybe in the next season, you won't need that thing, but you won't get it if you don't ask for it. And then you'll be bitter years down the road and people will be looking at you like, what's she mad about? <laughs> so that's, that's, that's one thing about that. Yeah, it's really good. Thanks, Jackie. Yeah, I thought that was really, really, really good advice. And I thanks so much for sharing about all that. I love just like the emphasis on obedience. And I think sometimes I was actually learning this. We're doing L1 with our church and obedience is one of the, the uh, what's it called? Modules, modules or lessons, I guess. And it was talking about how sometimes we do godly things, but we're not actually being obedient to the Lord. And what I love about your story is that you guys could have easily stayed in the position that you were in because it was the godly thing to do, at least from the world's perspective. But the fact that you were so in tune with the spirit and willing to lay down that thing for the sake of the Lord and being obedient to him, knowing that that's where he was going to be. I just, I think that's an amazing, amazing thing. So yeah. I appreciate that about your story a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks Jackie for um, all that you've talked about. We, we, actually though wanted to talk to you about some other things so we can't we can't do all of this in one episode so sure. so we're gonna have a two-parter with jackie but double. <laughs> double, double episode but we're thankful for this conversation and just uh you sharing from your perspective and mm -hmm. your own story and uh and appreciate all you do for sin network thanks so much thanks for having me guys Thanks for checking out today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And remember, every church is a multiplying church in the making.